All right, welcome back to The Burn, Beyond Fire Stop. I'm still your host, John Zlepka. If you don't know, this show is dedicated to life safety, and so I'm on a mission to find the most interesting people in the space to get their unique perspectives. Now, you can usually find me training people so that they understand where Fire Stop falls in the whole life safety end of things, but the subtitle of this show tells you that we want to get beyond that. So our hope is that our listening audience, that's you, walks away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses also contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. So our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI Firestop. We are a global leader in the fire protective industry, Firestop. We develop innovative fire protective systems that help stop the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases. So our guest today is also knowledgeable on such things as she helps the fire protective industry and she's responsible for setting the marketing, product sales, and innovation for Lubrizol Advanced Materials Fire Protective Segment, which includes Blaze Master, CPVC piping systems, and Freeze Master Antifreeze, all of which we're gonna get to. But for now, please welcome Lainey Leota. Hi, Lainey, how are you? Hi, John, I'm great, how are you? I'm, I'm fantastic. So uh, what's going on? What's new? Not too much. Just just finished uh, finished up at Easter weekend. Uh, ready to have a five day week again and get up getting up and at them. <laughs> well, happy Easter to you. So thank you. You as well. So I always do my research on LinkedIn because I figured if you posted it, well, it's fair game, right? So <laughs> I like to start the show on a personal note rather than jumping straight into business and. You know, I looked on your LinkedIn page and I mean, wow, I mean, where do we even begin? You've done so much. You've been involved in so many different organizations. I mean, you went to Penn State, great school. Looks like you had a double major, marketing and Spanish. Very interesting combination. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Big time GPA. Uh, you mentioned Delta Zeta. Shout out to the ladies over there. Um, you've been a mentor. Looks like you founded a mentor program, taught English as a second language. You volunteered probably way more than you actually listed on your LinkedIn page. But, you know, I want to start even earlier in life. Take me all the way back to second grade when you started that first business <laughs> selling signs out of your basement. Tell me a little bit about that. All right. Well, I've always been a nerd, for lack of a better word, um, but I, I like to consider myself a cool nerd. Uh, but back in probably yeah, second grade time frame, uh, we had a basement, which was basically a, a playroom in, in my parents' home. And there was this little closet. And for some reason, my siblings and I, I'm actually the oldest of five kids. So um, we decided that that little closet in the basement was like really cool and very secretive. And, you know, we could go in there and, you know, play Barbies and things like that. But, you know, my entrepreneurial self at age eight or however old you are in, in second grade decided, the you know we could make we could make a business out of this <laughs> so i decided to uh we had just gotten a computer for like the first you know when the computers first kind of came out mainstream wise and i decided you know I'd, I'd like to do something with a computer and a printer and so i created the sign store a very clever name for a store that sells signs and by sell signs i mean that we would you know make a sign on the computer using like word art or whatever it was back then print it out and then we'd sell it to like my babysitter or my neighbors or my mom and dad or something like that for five cents um 
I asked for a laminator for Christmas so that I could laminate my signs and, and therefore charge more. Um, you know, I took pictures of all my, my siblings and, and gave them lanyards. Uh, and the only way that they could access the, the little room in the sign store is if they had their lanyard on. Um, you know, I, I was very, very cool second grader. And I, I ran that little business till sixth grade, which is kind of embarrassing, but. Four years, wow, wow, so that's awesome. I mean, considering that most small businesses fail after like three years, or something like that so you did right i know we soon got acquired by big tech so <laughs> i was gonna say what was your exit strategy there in uh sixth grade and what did you do for an encore in middle school you know i had to start middle school so my parents made me give up my business <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny so i guess let's jump to college or i don't know maybe even before that because you said you studied marketing and spanish how did that come to pass have you always did you grow up speaking Spanish or where'd that come from? No, I'm actually, I'm Greek and Italian, you know, of, of Greek and Italian descent. So no, uh, you know, Spanish speaking language ethnicities within me um, or within my family. However, I started taking Spanish class in I think eighth grade and I just sort of fell in love with learning the language um, and learning a new language. I'm from a very, very tiny town in Northwestern Pennsylvania called Franklin. Um, most of you haven't heard of it. <laughs> and they have now. Yeah, now you have. Um, not diverse at all, not really exposed to what the real world is like and, and you know, what other cultures are like and things like that. So, you know, really just grasped, grasped onto this and decided to make it my goal to, to learn another language. And just so every opportunity I got to learn or practice um, or travel, uh, I, I took advantage of and really, really liked it um, and became, I wouldn't call myself fluent, but by the time I got to college, I was like, I want to do something with, or I, I want to continue my studies in this. However, I'm not necessarily going to get a job with a Spanish degree or a job that I would like with a Spanish degree. So um, I decided I doubled major. I mean, I, it was no question that I was going into business, um, but I knew I wanted, you know, a Spanish component with that too. So the best choice was to double major. Has that helped you at all in the business world that being able to speak two languages? Um, it, in, in some of the global roles I've held, it has, um, mostly, you know, via email, being able to communicate via email and, and things like that. It, it certainly has, um, it hasn't been as helpful as I would think <laughs> or as I would have thought years ago, but I would still encourage anyone who might be considering it or whose children might be considering, um, you know, majoring in a double or double majoring in a language to definitely do so because I think it at least, you know, sparks good conversation and in interviews and looks impressive. So <laughs> Uh, it's always been on my bucket list to learn a second language. I'm always uh, in awe of people that speak more than one language. I mean, it's English is hard enough. You know, it's like I'm always getting tripped up with this silly little language. So kudos to you for uh, for being able to pull off too. But that's awesome. So how did you get into the whole life safety thing? I mean, I, I think you you in, um, interned at Tyco. Did you always have like an interest in life safety or fire protection, or did you just sort of land an internship there and? That's kind of how things go. <laughs> yeah, literally fell into it. Um, only time I had ever seen, you know, fire sprinklers was in movies where, you know, they all go off at the same time. Um, Wait, that doesn't happen? <laughs> common myth. <laughs> um, you know, I knew of fire extinguishers and, you know, stop, drop and roll and things like that. But that was basically the extent of it. Uh, but I was applying for internships um, and Penn State had this pretty easy, easy to use software where you were basically able to just click apply, 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 and it submits the same application to all of these companies. And I just happened to land an interview with 
Tyco fire protection products, which I've never heard of. It was just, you know, in Philadelphia and I got an interview um, and I got, you know, a good amount of interviews, but that was actually the only interview where I didn't feel like it was an interview, you know, where I thought I could be myself and wasn't, didn't have to use all these buzzwords and act professional. And, you know, first time going through interviews is very intimidating. Um, so to actually feel like you can just talk and don't have to be you know, some corporate robot or whatever felt really good. And I just felt really good about the the internship and it ended up being one of the best decisions of my life to, to take that internship because, um, you know, I had wonderful management who he, he was actually my manager the entire time I was at Tyco. Um, and just learned so much just in my internship alone. And at the end of my internship, they actually uh, offered me a job for when I graduated a year later. Uh, so I continued working, you know, part-time for them until I graduated. And then I came back to Tyco uh, as the associate global product manager um, and just, you know, was able to, you know, learn about every single aspect of fire sprinklers and, you know, fire sprinkler systems uh, through that job because I supported all of the different segments and product applications. So it gave me, you know, I kind of knew a, a little about a lot, uh, which was just great exposure. And I think everyone will tell you who's in this industry, you know, whether it be, you know, fire protection products or fire prevention products, whatever, that once you're into it, you just kind of fall in love with it and, and the people and, you know, sort of the, the cause. And I mean, I, I, I love it. Um, you know, it wasn't I didn't grow up in it or anything like that, but you know, found it and I'm I'm absolutely in love with it, very passionate about it. So very lucky. I I understand completely. I also did not grow up in this industry, but it's sort of like the matrix once you get in there, it's kind of tough to get out, you know. It is. I, I did try leaving, um, or didn't try leaving. I left for like two years, if that, um, and just came right back. <laughs> yeah, so I guess let's let's take let's jump for those two years. What what company was that? Chem Chemors? Chemors, yeah. Okay, yeah. I saw, you know, I saw that you led a committee through the creation and development of the mentorship program. I mean, without getting into anything that obviously isn't proprietary or whatever, how did that work? And did that, you know, was it something that everyone liked? Is it still going on? You know, I'm kind of interested in that kind of thing, you know? Well, as far as I'm aware, it's still going on. Um, I left the company about two years ago, actually, just a few months after it initially launched, and it was going very well. Um, but, you know, I'm still relatively early in my career, but especially at the time, I was certainly early in my career. And I had found that mentors played a huge part in my career development and professional development, as well as my personal development. But, you know, the, the manager that I mentioned at, at Tyco was a large mentor to me. And I have so many mentors from Tyco, which, you know, I attribute some of my success to to them and just being able to bounce ideas off of them and, and learn from them, etc. And I realized that some people, depending on the, you know, the position they're in or, or where they work or whatever, don't necessarily have the opportunity to connect with, with others um, or, you know, engage in sort of a mentoring relationship. Uh, so it was something I'm just very passionate about and uh, Comores did not have a program. And the idea was sort of brought up through, I think a, an employee resource group I was part of. I don't remember which part it was, maybe like the next generation or something. And I volunteered to lead it. Um, and we just, me and, and uh, one other woman there just sort of kicked it off and uh, did a match matched uh, mentees to mentors and, and gave group mentoring sessions and things like that and it it went really well um and something i'm very proud of is the first thing i i, I literally created it from scratch which uh you know I'm, I'm very proud of no that's awesome and 
before you create anything from scratch again, there's a, there's a group called Toastmasters, uh, which I'm a part of. We actually launched a group at STI, so it was great. They have a lot of that mentoring and leadership development and public speaking, communication, things like that already built. So not, not pitching Toastmasters, but maybe I'll drop a link in the show notes anyway. But it sounds like a, a lot of that stuff, what you were doing there, uh, is what we kind of do also. Um, but good stuff. I mean, uh, what what is Toastmaster like? Where did the name come from? It's it's a very interesting name. So Toastmasters is an international public speaking group. They've been around since the twenties, um, and not not this twenties. That's like the nineteen twenties. It's been around for one year, and twenty twenty doesn't even count. So <laughs> right, I know, right? But it's kind of like a place where uh, men, women of all ages and backgrounds come together to practice public speaking, leadership, listening skills. And they used to meet in person before the pandemic. Uh, but now most clubs are meeting virtually. And, you know, you have your little Brady Bunch atmosphere. And, you know, there's a couple different speakers and you have your ah counters. So they're they're ticking you every time you say ah, some, oh, so, you know, all those filler words. So it's interesting. It's uh, it's very cool. And it. And then it gets a lot of those same skills that you were talking about with mentor, only it kind of formalizes it. So I'll send you a link. Check it out, though. Yeah, please do. So let's bring it back to the fire protective industry, right? So you came on back where it all began, and now you you are the fire protection segment manager at Lubrizol, right? Working right. specifically on setting the strategy for Blaze Master, CPVC piping, and Freeze Master antifreeze. I see you do all kinds of stuff on LinkedIn. I think I've read a blog or two of yours. I watched a webinar that you hosted. I see you're on roundtables, all these panels. You, you clearly don't fear public speaking. Um, but what do you like most about what you're doing? It looks like you're having too much fun out there. I, I am having so much fun. I mean, even, even in the at-home world where none of us are really out there meeting in person anymore, I'm, I'm still having a lot of fun, loving being back in the industry. Um, you know the favorite thing that i that i do honestly is just getting to work with the the people honestly the people are just amazing um and 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 ones that i've established really good friendships with you know even outside of work you know i think matt thomas who works for your company um and who used to work with me at Tyco and, and some of the, the other guys that we used to work with and just working with the contractors and, and getting to just develop those relationships and, and sort of learn from each other and uh, hang out and, and talk and have fun at the same time as, as we're all sort of driving towards this greater cause of, you know, protecting people and property from fire by getting fire sprinklers and fire protection products installed in you know, basically every building that we can, uh, it, it's just really fun and, and very rewarding. I mean, clearly it's got a great culture and a, a great business model or else Mr. Buffett, I guess, wouldn't have invested in it as a Berkshire Hathaway company. So uh, has he been on any calls, any Zoom calls? Has he popped in there ever? Have you met him? Oh, yeah, I, I talk to Uncle Warren every day. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I guess he did come to Cleveland one time, you know, five or six years ago. But other than that, he kind of, you know, he, he has better things to do. <laughs> He's got people. He's got people, I'm sure. Yeah. But, but I was actually amazed once I started, like, digging into Lubrizol, how much, you know, you're involved in, not only from the fire protection standpoint, but also hair care, cleaning bar, sustainable packaging, vehicle efficiency. I mean, I went down a few different rabbit holes on the Lubrizol.com website. There's a plug for you guys. But uh, I, I thought you would be a great guest because as someone who is a territory manager out in the field for STI Firestop, I first came in contact with Lubrizol when one of my products came in contact with one of Lubrizol's products. So 
One of my contractors was using LCI. It's an intumescent sealant we have around one of the Blazemaster CPVC pipes. And, you know, I was, I was getting questioned or my contractor was on site about, you know, is this okay? And, you know, show us some proof because they had heard that there was some, you know, sealants that weren't compatible. So I thought it was great that I was able to find the website. I found the compatibility part, a couple different drop downs, and I was able to kind of show the inspector, like, look, it's compatible. So uh, can you talk a little bit about compatibility and, and some of the other resources you guys might have? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that um, our compatibility program, which is called FBC System Compatible, and I'll talk about why uh, it is called that in a second, is anyway, that, that program is probably our strongest value proposition or, or most valued asset that we have for um, our manufacturers, our customers, you know, the ancillary product manufacturers and, and ancillary product uh, installers, et cetera, to the fire sprinkler system. Um, we actually, Lubrizol invented CPVC uh, 80 years ago, don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, and we, we did realize that while CPVC was an amazing product that, that solved a lot of problems in the field in both the plumbing industry and the fire protection industry, uh, there was the compatibility aspect that, you know, sort of made people nervous. Uh, so what we did is establish a compatibility program. And at the time, our brands were flow or they still are FlowGuard, uh, which is a plumbing product, uh, plumbing piping product, uh, Corzan, which is an industrial type product and, and also commercial plumbing, and then Blazemaster. So that's FBC, FlowGuard, Blazemaster, Corzan, <laughs> systemcompatible.com. Um, and so those are all Lubrizol brands. And what we did is develop our own or the only way to really test compatibility of Blazemaster, FlowGuard, Corzan, Lubrizol, CPVC with products such as firecocks, such as insulation, such as paints, you know, and anything that you can find on a job site, uh, more or less, we are able to, to test and see if it is compatible with, with our product. Um, and, you know, I think that is why we have such a good reputation in the industry and in very strong brand recognition is because we take quality sort of to the next level um, and, and really ensuring that we have a re robust compatibility program uh, with lots of different uh, manufacturing manufacturers on it with lots of different products. Obviously, our program isn't able to cover every single product in the world. That's just impossible. But even if, you know, for example, uh, STI, if you have if you come out with a new firecock that isn't on the program yet, or you have a product that isn't on a program yet, we also have guidance um, in our section called other chemical compatibility topics that gives you guidance on uh, what ingredients you should look for in a firecock or look for in, you know, an antifreeze or a mold inhibitor to sh that look to be or that are probably incompatible with CPVC or that are okay to use with CPVC. Um, and then if you can't find the answer, you can always just shoot us an email um, and the email is on, on the website. Uh, so, you know, I think it's a, a really, really strong point of, of being a, a Lubrizol customer is, is being able to rely on that program. And we have trainers um, and, and territory managers across the, the world, actually, who are always there to to help and answer questions and, and things like that, train on compatibility, et cetera. Uh, 
it's something that we're very proud of and, and especially because it only applies to Lubrizol brands of, of CPVC. So it's very unique to us uh, and, and, and something that I think is a huge asset to, to those who use our product or, com or come in contact with our product even. So, I mean, you brought up an interesting point there. Um, I was going to ask, because you said Lubrizol kind of invented CPVC. I, I imagine there's other competitors now. I mean, we don't have to mention them by name, so obviously. Um, but is there a difference? Are all CPVCs created equally? Or is there some, I don't know, competitive advantage, yeah. I guess, since you guys were first? I don't know. Sure. So, no, not all CPVCs are created equally. Um, for Blaze Master, you know, our, our sort of slogan is not all orange is the same, um, but that can be said for any CPVC, regardless of the color, uh, because CPVC is made of several, a lot of different, you know, chemicals. Uh, you know, the compounding process can differ. The chemical makeup of the, the process can, can differ. At the end of the day, they all meet the UL tests. Uh, but or, or, you know, the, the requirements that they, they have to meet in order to be put into a system. Uh, however, that doesn't mean that each compatible compatible that the compatibility of each product is the same. Uh, there, there are instances where our uh, compatible product list has differed from our competitors compatible product list and vice versa um, in terms of incompatible products. So uh, it's, it's just always very important to go to the the manufacturers of the products compatibility program in, in order to to determine compatibility and the other thing is is we actually blaze master actually has the strongest cell classification um uh for fire sprinkler cpvc piping uh so there, there's instances in, in specific applications where blaze master cpvc pipe is able to be installed where our competitors uh, CPVC is not able to be installed. So it's always important to reference the manufacturer's installation guide to, uh, you know, determine whether or not the, the manufacturer's pipe is applicable. Awesome. So check out your website for all of that good compatibility and all of the information yes. that you need. You can go to blazemaster.com and then click on resources and then you can click on uh, compatibility or you can, you know, there, there's several different ways to get to fbcsystemcompatible.com, including going to fbcsystemcompatible.com, but blazemaster.com will get you there as well. Awesome. So now let's go into the Freeze Master. I, I love all these names. You keep it in the family. And plus there's a lot of Zs and I'm a Zalepka. So anytime I see a Z, I love it. But uh, so you have this uh, Freeze Master Antifreeze, which is a UL listed antifreeze that meets the NFPA requirements for all new fire sprinkler systems and all existing systems by the September 30th, 2022 guideline. That's kind of a big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal, yeah. And um, I think what a lot of people either don't realize or forgot about is antifreeze for fire sprinkler systems up until a couple of years ago when the first listed manu or manufacturer came out with the listed antifreeze, uh, it was it actually posed life safety problems, um, which is why there's this requirement that antifreeze must be listed. Um, Unfortunately, back in the early 2000s, there were several instances where an antifreeze system, uh, sprinkler system was activated in a fire and it actually contributed to uh, the heat release of the fire and caused explosions and, and killed some people, unfortunately injured people and, uh, you know, created more damage. And so NFPA sort of stepped in and some, uh, you know, the industry sort of stepped in and created this new regulation. 
uh, that all existing systems after all new systems af built after two, 2012 should have a listed antifreeze, but no antifreeze was existed until I think 2018, 2019, when Tyco came out with, with their listed antifreeze. Uh, so people either were switched over to other methods of freeze protection like dry systems or were just sort of still putting in unlisted antifreeze but now there are two maybe three solutions uh, on the market now that, that people are able to to use and then you're exactly right john by september 30th um of, of 2022 you will need to have a listed antifreeze um and you know all systems not just so existing systems will we have to be drained and replaced with the listed antifreeze etc or sorry 2023 did i say 2022 before i th i saw 2022 on the website so i'm just that's where i got that number. 2022 sorry sorry i get so confused with my my dates because i forget that it's even 2021 <laughs> no worries but i mean so that gives people only about a year and a half to like like you said drain some of these older systems and get like an antifreeze in there so that they'll function in, you know, especially the colder climates, right? I mean, that's, that's crazy. So exactly. do, do you offer any training or maybe this might be another great webinar for you guys to, you know, even let the people know that might not know about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, we have, we, we offer lots of training. Actually, we have an online training. We have, as I mentioned, uh, you know, more than 30 territory managers slash uh, trainers across the United States that and, and Canada that will sort of give on-demanding training at the, at the time, for the time being, it's online. Um, we actually have started to give in-person trainings on a smaller scale as well. Uh, but, you know, we are planning on doing a few webinars coming up um, in partnership with with Viking, who sells our antifreeze product, uh, Freeze Master. Um, but you can also just go to freezemaster.com and there's basically everything that you need there, including videos, uh, you know, educational brochures and, and things like that. Awesome. So I guess we wanted to talk a little bit about so your committee work. I know that you're involved with a committee or two with the NFSA, the National Spring Fire, what is it? National Fire Sprinkler Association. So what committees are you working on? Where do you see the industry headed in general as you're involved? And I guess you're seeing some things from behind the scenes also. Yeah. Um, so for NFSA, I'm part of five different committees. Um, the Future Leadership Committee, the ITM, Inspection Testing Maintenance Committee, Quality Assurance, Residential, and the Supplier and Manufacturers Council. Um, and I'm really, I mean, I, I really enjoy being on all of those. Uh, the Residential Committee is probably the one that I enjoy most just because I'm very passionate about protecting families from, from fire and, and really, uh, you know, educating the public about the dangers of fire. Um, and, and so I really enjoy the work that we do there, uh, you know, supporting advocacy for, you know, legislation uh, for residential fire sprinklers and, and just sort of educating the, the public. Um, you know, NFSA launched a video actually during the Super Bowl in some key markets in, in the U.S. Um, promoting residential fire sprinklers and, and sort of educating the public on the dangers of fires and, and, you know, what you should be considering. It's not just smoke detectors. You should be looking at fires, considering fire sprinklers for your home too. Um, so I think there's a, there's a, a big push just industry-wide for residential fire sprinklers. And with it just seems like there's been a ton of fire tragedies within the past five years, like the Grenfell Towers in London, maybe it's actually more than five years, but, you know, the Polo Towers in Hawaii, you know, there, there's just um, 
you know, the, the Kentucky fire within, at the bourbon plant, there's just been so many sort of catastrophes. And I think the, the entire world is now more focused on fire safety in buildings. Uh, so that's just really something that we're helping to drive forward. In the U.S., we're, we're pretty advanced in, in that, honestly. Uh, but in, in some areas of the world, obviously, they're a little further behind. Um, so I think, you know, there, there's really just a goal to try and protect everybody, lives and property as, as best as we can and sort of educate people on how to effect efficiently and cost effectively do so in order to keep everybody safe. Um, there's also a lot of, you know, smart technology type things that are happening where you can integrate your fire sprinkler systems into sort of a, a smart building uh, aspect. And, you know, it, it's getting really interesting to see how sort of the internet of things is, is being implemented into such an old industry like, you know, the fire protection industry. It's, uh, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, but you're doing great work out there. Way to be on the, the forefront of things and always, you know, keep it nice and fresh and, you know, giving back. I mean, because honestly, like you said, at the end of the day, the things that you're doing and we're doing in this industry actually save lives in the event of fires. And unfortunately, it is some of these disasters that drive the code and standards and awareness even in countries that maybe weren't thinking about it before. So good stuff. Keep it up. But one more question before I let you go. Are y'all doing a podcast too? Did I see something on your page? What is that all about? And can I be on it? Yeah, you can be on it. Sure. Um, I believe our UK counterpart, like my UK counterpart is doing a podcast. Um, okay. I saw something. I knew I saw something. Yeah. I'm not doing a podcast. Um, or at least no plans to yet. <laughs> we just started actually a monthly or a quarterly webinar series. So that's where we started, uh, you know, um, we're, we're trying to get into, you know, the digital space, et cetera. Uh, but I will, I will certainly ask uh, Will Robinson over in the UK if you can join his podcast. <laughs> That's fine. I just tease. Is there anything else that you want to promote before we let you go? Any any upcoming, like you said, webinars or, or any innovations or something that uh, maybe we missed? Um, yeah, I think that this is this would be a great plug for the upcoming uh, webinar series that we have, Blaze Master Tips and Tricks. Uh, we are scheduling one every quarter. Quarter we just had our first one a couple of weeks ago. That 400 people, more than 400 people registered for. Uh, 200 more than 250 people attended, so we're very happy about that. Got great feedback. Uh, so each quarter we'll have a special topic where we'll get our panel of experts together just to sort of chat and discuss informally uh, the the different questions that come out about those specific topics so definitely be sure to uh, check those out and register for those webinars at www.blazemaster.com and then click on the training tab and all of the options for our blaze master trainings freeze master trainings and those webinars uh, will be right on that page awesome laney thank you very much i appreciated our time together absolutely john thank you so much for having me and thank you for all the sti does for the industry same to you guys and and thanks everyone out there for listening. I know that there's a lot of podcasts and you've chosen to listen to ours. So thank you very much. And be sure to check out the show notes for all of the links. We had a lot of them, I think. So we're going to put all of those in the show notes. So make sure to check those out. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, please go over and subscribe to it. Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, rate it, review it, whatever you do. I don't know. Tell a friend. Because remember that friends don't let friends not know about awesome podcasts like this or like blaze masters upcoming one over in the uk so until next time good friend <laughs> until next time this is the burn laney take care thanks john